0: Good morning, and welcome to New York Sports and Beyond on 98.7 ESPN, where our goal every Sunday is to entertain, enlighten, and expose you to information that can lead to positive change in your life. I'm Larry Hardesty. Well, this morning, we will be joined by New York Knicks legend Anthony Mason's son. Yeah, Antoine Mason. We'll reflect on his high school and basketball career, find out what he's doing now, and he'll take us through... A fabulous MVP effort in the Hoops in the Sun tournament in Orchard Beach. Yeah, you know the Cruz brothers were on the show a couple of months ago. So if you're preparing a nice breakfast early on a Sunday morning, maybe preparing for a virtual sunrise service, or maybe you're going to hit the road for an early run, we thank you for making us a part of your morning. We'll talk hoops on this edition of New York Sports and Beyond after this timeout. Welcome back to New York Sports and Beyond on 98.7 ESPN. I'm Larry Hardesty. Antoine Mason attended New Rochelle High School and was named the school's Athlete of the Year as a senior. He then joined Niagara as a freshman in 2010 11. He played in three games before suffering a foot injury that ended his season. The following year, he started every game and was named to the Mac All Rookie Team. In 2012 13, Mason scored 18.7 points per game to rank second in the Mac. He was named the All Mac First Team and the Mac All Tournament Team. As of March 8, 2014, he was averaging 25.6 points per game to rank second in the NCAA. Well, upon the conclusion of his redshirt season in 2014, he announced he would be transferring the next season, and the NCAA didn't make him wait a season for transferring since he had already earned his undergraduate degree. In 2014, Mason scored his 2000th career point in a 61-60 win over Texas Southern. After being undrafted in 2015, he played overseas, and he also earned Canada's NBL Sixth Man of the Year Award. Join me in saying good morning to Antoine Mason. We welcome him to New York Sports and Beyond. Hey, Antoine, how are you? I'm good. Thank you for having me. Oh, it's my pleasure, Antoine. Let's 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 start with, uh, and this may sound like a weird question, but I'm going to ask it anyway because just because your dad and brother played basketball didn't mean that you wanted to play basketball. But what was it about basketball that attracted you?
1: Uh, I was I was born into it. <laughs> uh, just going to the Knicks games, my mom having me in her arms when I was young. I didn't know what was going on, but anytime I heard my dad's name, I just started smiling and I was happy. And my mom was like, yep, that's your dad. And then as I started getting older, I started understanding the game and was able to just watch the game. And I always had a ball in my hand. I always wanted a basketball in my hand.
0: Now, Antoine what's that like? Is there pressure? Okay, because your dad is, you know, Queens native, you know, playing ball in New York, all to have a nice career in the NBA, and uh, your brother's playing ball, you know, and now is there pressure to try to live up to be the best Mason in the family?
1: Um, Well, they, my parents never put the pressure on me to play basketball. Like, they introduced me to every sport besides basketball, but every time I tried a sport after I try out or practice or whatever, I would just get to basketball again and start playing it. So it was I was always in love with the game. So it was the pressure of, for me, just wanting to be great. And then as I got older, I did tell my dad I wanted to be the best nation. So I put pressure <laughs> on myself, but they never really put pressure on me or I never let people put pressure on me of, what they expect me or because <laughs> when I started off, they thought I was going to be like six eight, like my dad. So mm-hmm. I was a little kid playing the four position and I wasn't that tall. And I was like, nah, this, this isn't going to work. I got to play my own game And because people expect me to be like my dad. So I had to just mold myself and be myself. And, yeah, so, so all, all the pressure that if there is pressure is just for, on, on me wanted to be the best basic to
0: occupy. now talk about having to adjust your game right because listen the one thing that was great about your dad was his versatility he could handle as though he was a guard he was quick like a guard he was physical could have played the five and did play the five in a lot of cases but you know between the three and the four he also had that versatility and defensive ability Uh, as you know, we used to call him the locksmith uh, and and of course the lefty jumper and everything. So talk about how you had to, even though you're not, you know, the same physical, the same build as your dad, what was it like going through that knowledge of having to adjust your game and what changes did you make?
1: Uh, I have to give uh, him credit because he did it. So when I was, you know, working out with him, we would work on different aspects of my game, not just me being a guard, um, I, I guess it was a blessing that they did think I was going to be as told as my dad because that helped me develop a post-up game when I had fallen guards on me or people my height uh, that I felt like I could take advantage of in a post. But, um, yeah, I, I watched different players and being able to, having that blessing of an NBA player in your life um, for that many years until unfortunately he passed. I, I took advantage of it and I worked with him throughout the summer we worked on every aspect of the game like left hand, right hand, uh, off hope, uh, double teams, triple teams, just different things that you could think of and, you know, different things that NBA players, the knowledge they have he put in and applied in on me and I just took advantage of it all. So, like, my game is it, it keeps developing, and I keep finding different ways of taking advantage on the court.
0: So you just soaked up all that knowledge, huh?
1: <laughs> yeah, uh, my dad used to, uh, like laughing like you actually like you know ask a lot of questions. So for me, I I mean I don't have an ego like my ego is when it came to him. I'm trying to be where you were. Mm-hmm. And you had a long career. You were all star. You know, you you played at the highest level. You played at the top level. You performed at the top level. So, to me, I just i I wanted to help. So, why wouldn't I ask somebody, my dad, <laughs> my best friend, mm-hmm. everything that I could possibly uh, take advantage of?
0: Yeah, no doubt about it. Listen, you got the resource. You might as well use it, my friend. You might as well use it. My guest is Antoine Mason, okay. son up. yeah, Anthony Mason. You're listening to New York Sports and Beyond here on 98.7 ESPN. I'm Larry Hardesty. All right, Antoine, let's go to New Rochelle High School mm-hmm. where you were, uh, you know, first in all conference. Uh, your, your team had a great record, top seven in Westchester. Take me through the process of playing high school ball.
1: Yeah. Um. My freshman year, I went to Iona Prep, and it was a good experience, but I wanted to go to New Rochelle. And it's actually kind of funny. The only reason I went to Iona Prep was because my mom, she forced me to do it <laughs> my first year. Uh-huh. And then and it was actually a blessing because I, I um, met some friends that I wouldn't have been close with. And then after, she was like, all right, I'm going to let you do you. And then I went to New Rochelle High School, and that's when I started to make a name for myself. Um, and it, it was, it was a great experience. I had great coaches, great teammates that, uh, just pushed me to keep getting better. And, um, obviously, like I said, I had my dad who was behind me, so we would just work on different things, and he started really seeing me grow. At that time in high school, like, okay, you could be something. You can actually, you know, play and keep developing and go to a higher level. So I was just always in a gym, always taking advantage of the time on the court. And I just had people in my circle that just made me get better.
0: When New York Sports and Beyond returns, Antoine Mason goes to college. And boy, does he make his mark. That's next on 98.7 ESPN. Thanks for stopping by New York Sports and Beyond on 98.7 ESPN. I'm Larry Hardesty. Let's continue my conversation with Antoine Mason. Now, Antoine, let's talk about the confidence level, right? Because every level you go, as I'm sure your dad told you, and you can share with our audience today, you know, every level you go, there's somebody as big, as quick, as talented, as smart, if not smarter or better, or faster, or quicker. Mm -hmm. Uh, Take me through the confidence level of learning how to be able to play against people who are better and to be able, actually, Antoine, to take a step back and learn from that experience to help adjust your game so that you can get better.
1: I always uh, wanted to play against the best. And actually, before I even went to high school, i I'm from Queens, and then I moved to New Rochelle, and I was playing in the Westchester area, and I was dominated and My dad was like, nah, you need to go to the city, you need to uh play against the top level So when I went to the city, I wasn't the best player <laughs> mm-hmm. i I took my lumps like people would just advance, and I was like, All right, I gotta you know get better. Some people would you know fold and not want to play me I was like. I need to get to that level. I need to be better. And as I played against them, I started seeing people that were the top of my class uh, years after you being better than them. And uh, that's how I looked at it when I got to high school. I played against uh, players like Sean Kilpatrick uh, my sophomore year. He was a senior, and we played them at home. And we went to triple overtime and I had 28 points against them and that my confidence grew. But you know what? He's the best player in our conference. I just had that type of game. I could can, I can be there. I could get to that level. I could be better and I could keep getting better. So that on my mind every year in playing, I just want to get better. And when I play against players that are better than me, I learn from it and I'm able to adjust during the game. I, you know, Some games you learn, and you're like, man, they had it, or whatever, and then you learn from it. But as I've been getting older and more advanced, I can make that adjustment throughout the game, and, you know, uh, a high level from just my knowledge of the game.
0: Now, Antoine, also let's pause on the basketball side of things, and let's talk about the school side of things, right, the academic side. Because Mm -hmm. uh, as I know your dad told you, That's equally important, if not more important, because you got to have that balance. You Mm got to be able with the uh, the, with the education, the academics to have options and that along with your athletic skills, with the academic skills, you get a chance to advance. And, you know, we're we're looking backwards now, but you got a chance to advance to college. So what was Mm -hmm. the emphasis from both your parents? understanding about the academics very simply you know here's here's the simple thing we know Antoine you don't do well in in, in the classroom you don't play on the basketball court that's the bottom line right
1: mm-hmm. yep <laughs> my mom's saying his books before ball and my you ask, any of my coaches through high school and college they knew my mom was gonna make sure my grades were right there it wasn't no Average, like no average score, no Bs. No, it was A's, A-pluses. Like, I had to get high high levels. So, you know, my dad's smart. My mom's smart. I had to do well, and they didn't let me slack off or I wasn't going to play or I wasn't going to go to practice. So, um, yeah, they implied education on me. So, for me, learning that at a young age, when I got to college, it was just normal for me to All right, I have to do this like right after class I got to get this done I got to get this done I didn't wait until like the deadline I made sure I got it done and I during the once I got my master's I had a 4.0 average throughout that time and hmm. um, yeah I was focused on education while being the best basketball player.
0: You know, you just slid that in there, Antoine. We're talking to Antoine Mason, son of Anthony Mason here on New York Sports and Beyond on 98.7 ESPN. I'm Larry Hardesty. Come on, Antoine, you just slid that in. You got the 4.0, you know, master 4.0. Come on now, we got to talk a little bit about that. Don't be sliding that in there like that. What was that game plan like to to be able to, you know, and, and as we go to college now, so you just made the transition, so we'll go right along with you because you went to Niagara and Auburn. But let's talk about mm-hmm. how you, uh, you know, the time management, because, and, and I'm, I'm going to digress a second for my audience, just, just to make them understand, uh, you know, for, for folks who are listening, like high school students who are listening, college is different. Nobody's trying to make you go to yeah, class. it's not easy. <laughs> Antoine, nobody yeah. trying to make you go to class. You know, there's distractions in college, especially when you are away, you know, so and... Uh-huh. The, the syllabus and the, the amount of reading and studying and work that you have to do is it's almost three times the level and speed of high school. Plus, Antoine, as you know, as a student athlete, you have less time. So time management is so important in, in, in college.
1: Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's crucial. I had to learn uh, my freshman year the adjustment of – all right, I have to get this done. I also have to be on the, you know, I have practice. and I also have to make that extra time to work on my game. And then, all right, once I'm done with that, I have to finish this. So it, it took, you know, some trials and tribulations of, all right, what, what works for me? what What can I do to get the work done and still be at the top of my game throughout college? Because in college <laughs> – you're not performing somebody's going right in front of you so um yeah it was it was a, it was a, a tough adjustment in my freshman year and then by my sophomore year it, it became easier and and I just it, it became natural throughout the rest of my years in college but uh my undergrad was finance so it wasn't it wasn't a cakewalk it wasn't anything like you just oh yeah I could do this and not <laughs> finance is it was a, <laughs> that that was a tough um, a tough journey, but I, I love math, I love numbers and things like that. So, mm-hmm. That 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 was interesting to me. And then my master's was in adult education. Um, mm-hmm. and I went to Auburn, and that, that was interesting as well. So it, I didn't have no like you know cakewalk classes where it was oh you yeah, you just show up. Take test, whatever, and I really had to study and actually read the books and different things like
0: that. Now, what's this, Antoine, do I have here from uh, my guys telling me you were the nation's leading scorer in 2013 and 2014? Uh, yeah. That, and, that and wait a minute, was, wait, wait a minute now, and, and led the SEC in three-point percentage at 44%?
1: Yeah, uh, my, my senior year at Auburn, I led the SEC in three-point percentage. And the year before that, I led the nation in scoring in Niagara.
0: Uh, you know, the Knicks are still looking for some three-point makers, my friend.
1: Hey, I'm right here. <laughs> I'm right here. That's the goal, to be on that level.
0: What what is What was that like, the fulfillment, to be able to see that achievement, right? Uh, from when you were working with your dad, okay, early on, and to see that achievement, mm-hmm. to have the accolades of leading the ACC in three point shooting and, and also the nation's leading scorer in twenty thirteen and twenty fourteen, and having your GPA where it needed to be, almost perfection, right, in the classroom. I mean, mm-hmm. take me through that feeling.
1: Um, I have to say. On the basketball court, my growth, um, I start seeing big growths in the summer because me and my dad used to really just lay it out there. Um, he was always brutally honest and I was honest with myself and we would go over what I did good that season, the prior season, what I didn't do well, um, things he knew I needed to work on and we just went after it and, uh, those <laughs> those days in the summer were uh, competitive. Uh, we're both competitive, so we actually took advantage of that was during the lockout, so we took advantage of being able to work on the Knicks facility, and uh, that was a, a adjustment running on an NBA court instead mm-hmm. of a college court, and a whole bunch of conditioning, a whole bunch of reading defenses and. What to do, when to do it, and um, the game starts slowing down for me, uh, especially when I start playing. Things, I could, I could read things before it happened, and it just, everything starts slowing down. My freshman year, it felt like it was a trap. <laughs> mm-hmm. Everything mm-hmm. was so funny. By the time I was in my junior year, um, things just started slowing down, and I um, not to Numbers up and numbers up and numbers up. And, you know, I had friends from high school. I was three people in college. The leader the nation is scoring. oh, you're doing this, you're doing that. And I never, you know, let that get to me. I knew what I was capable of, and I just always wanted to get better. So in my mind, even though I was there, I felt like I had to get better. I knew I needed to get better. And I knew now that my name is out there as the nation's leading scorer, Everybody's going to target me, and I just I love the challenge. So I was getting myself ready for it, Um, and I always, like I said, I always had my dad at my games, Uh my mom at my games. But my dad was like, (laughs) he was like, uh, pretty much, if I had a mic in my ear, he was like that mic. um, Uh I could hear him on the court to tell me things, uh, especially at halftime, we would discuss what I was doing uh, well, what I to what or wasn't I doing well, what I need to limit myself from, and um, we used to, that, that was our, our bond, that was our thing uh, that we did, uh during halftime, and that season, I just started seeing it, and, you know, making my parents proud, that was, like, my biggest accomplishment, having them, you know, I was like, oh, okay, yeah, I can talk about my son, and, yeah, people know about him, that was, like, my biggest accomplishment,
0: Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Absolutely. And then going
1: to Auburn, I was known as somebody to get to the hole at will, get to the foul line, and people question my threes. was like, okay, I'm just going to – I kind of completely changed my game to prove to scouts that I can shoot the three. And then I end up leaving the SEC in three-point percentage. And that's just the kind of competitor that I am. If you guys tell me I can't
0: do something, I'm proving that I can do it. Well, there's no question about that, and I'm going to jump ahead. We'll come back and and come back to college and and pros and overseas, but I want to jump jump ahead now to maybe um, about a couple of weeks ago now, because your team was a part of the uh, Hoops in the Sun tournament that goes on up in um, you know up in up in Westchester. And here's the thing for me and, and the Cruz crew, they do such a tremendous job. What does it mean, uh, Antoine, to have a team and to be a part of what those guys are doing in Hoops in the Sun up in Orchard Beach? Uh,
1: Hoops in the Sun is a, a, a huge tournament a huge tournament in New York. Uh, you know, you get your reputation by playing in it and uh, doing well in it. And it's actually the it kind of ends at the last summer tournament. So you really have the bragging rights uh, when you, you finish um, that tournament. So, yeah, they do a great job of just having competition. The competition is great. Uh, their social media presence is really good. So, a lot of people, you know, attend the games, and a lot of people that are really good involved come to the games, and you may see NBA players play a couple of games out there. So, the competition is really well in Hoops gonna Sun.
0: So. And with that great competition, you had a great season. MVP, championship game MVP, 25 points per game, team won the championship, hidden talent to your crew. All right, mm-hmm. let's go now. Take me back. <laughs> Take us inside your head, okay? It's 83-82. It's 13 mm-hmm. seconds left. What's going through your mind? I got to make a
1: play. It was one one second left on the shot clock. Um, they made a run to, you know, make the game really close. And I I knew if I was going to go down, I was going to go down on my own terms. Uh, being the best player, being the best player on that court, I wanted I just wanted the ball. I wanted to make the play.
0: And what, 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 take us through the shot. Take us through everything.
1: Okay. So there's one second left. Um, they have a really good defender on me. He's pressuring up on me. And in my mind, I'm like, all right, I just need a little space just to get the shot off. And like I said, throughout the summers, I'm always working and I work on certain situations and it was just, something that I've been working on, and I just told um, my teammate that was inbound and just, just pass it a little out. That way I get a little space to oh. take the shot. So I got a little separation when as I caught it. I knew I didn't have time to put it down, and I just rose up and got that separation. Once I, once I knew it was coming off my hand, it was going in. Mm. I just was in rhythm. I was just so confident about it. And like I said if I was going to go down I was go down swinging and uh once once it got out of my hand and I didn't hit the uh, shot clock go uh, I felt good about that
0: man do you know how many people uh who are just novice players or who really good players or even some pros Antoine who mm-hmm. don't want the ball in situations like that you know what I'm saying who don't yeah. really want that, want that pressure of having to say, I didn't make the key shot. I don't want the ball. I mean, come on, Antoine. I'm not going to name any names, but there's a player who might be traded from the team he's on in the NBA, <laughs> in the East, because he yeah, don't yeah, want I, the ball in the I fourth know, I quarter. Know who you're <laughs> I know who you're talking about. <laughs> All right. No, I'm not going to call no I mean, names, but you know what I'm saying. <laughs> So to have yeah. that what, – what is that – what's that feeling like to, to have that confidence to for you to just say, to listen, I give me the ball, okay, because if we're going down, we're going down with me taking the shot, and I know I can make it. I trust me more than anybody else with the time and the game situation on the line.
1: Yeah, um, I mean, some people have that mentality, like I guess the perfect – mentality is the mama mentality, what she learned from MJ and everything. But, um, you know, players put so much time in their craft, working on their games, that they should all feel confident about their abilities. But it's always those special players that, you know, could live with the result of failing. And I, you know, in my mind, I don't think I'm a fail, but I could live with the result. Because I know if I get that same opportunity, I'm going to do the same thing. And I feel good that I'm going to make the same shot. So, I mean, when it comes to pressure, uh, I don't know. It's just, that's fun to me. Um, Mm. Those situations are fun. I I love situations like that. Since I was a little kid, I love the the, the shot clock going down. I mean, kids grow up dreaming about hitting buzzer beaters and hitting shots like that. So, for me, you know, getting that opportunity, I, I just cherish the moment and live in the moment and just try to make the shot.
0: And you did, <laughs> and so, <Yep. laughs> So you, hidden talent, wins the championship. Uh, they win 89-82 over Team Bang Heavy Rain, and you know now you have uh, you know some more, some more uh, hardware in, in the in, in the mm-hmm. in the in the house uh, on the mantle. Some more, some more hardware yep. to go along with some of the other accolades that you've had. My guest is Antoine Mason, son of Anthony Mason. You're listening to New York Sports and Beyond here on 98.7 ESPN. Coming up, we'll hear Anthony Mason address the media. As a matter of fact, I was there when Antoine Mason was sitting on his knee some years ago. I'll explain. This is New York Sports and Beyond on 98.7 ESPN. I can tell you about the impact of the crowd, you know, overall, period. They've been great, you know, loud, supporting us. They've been there for there They're our six men, and we appreciate them. You know, like, they're part of the team. They need to put on some Nick uniforms also. You're listening to New York Sports and Beyond on 98.7 ESPN. I'm Larry Hardesty. Let's conclude my discussion with Antoine Mason, son of the late New York Nick legend, Anthony Mason. We're just kind of going through the career of uh, Antoine Mason. In a couple of minutes, we're going to talk a little bit about his dad and his dad's influence, not only in basketball, but, you know, just as father and son. Because, you know, Antoine, um, we have a lot of folks in our communities that, you know, don't always have access or the great relationship with their dad. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Um, And so, you know, having watched And listen, I got to tell you, you're making me feel kind of old. (laughs) <laughs> you're, making, you're making me feel kind of old because, you know, um, before we came back from this last commercial break, we played your dad's comments from the 94 NBA Finals when you were sitting on his knee at the podium. And since I was covering the Knicks then and I'm there, you know, I'm going back to that. And I'm like, wow, and now he's MVP, he's hitting shots, he's, you know, Come out, graduated college and everything, and I remember when he was sitting at the dais at the podium, doing answer, helping his dad <laughs> answer questions <laughs> in the finals. So, it's it's got to be, um, man, it's it's just take me through that when when you and you kind of talked about it earlier, but let, let's go back a little deeper into that, into just when you realized like who your dad is, like he's not just dad, okay? He's mm-hmm. he's like. Anthony Mason, Dad. He's like the guy that yeah. had the Nick logo cutting his hair. He's like, you know, <laughs> he's he owned New York City because he was. He, my dad is Anthony Mason. What, what was that like, Antoine?
1: Um, like I said, I used to go when I was young before I really knew what was going on. I was at the Garden with my mom and you know watched the games. And anytime I heard his name, I would just smile and be happy. And, you know, I was growing and understood the game more and more. And you know, for me, it was that's just my dad. I'm walking around with him wherever he goes. I'm with him. And then as I got a little older, and I'm in school, people are like, "If you do know your dad, Anthony Mason," I'm like, "Yeah, that's my dad." And I just start seeing, you know, when walking with him or being around him. The reaction people give him and want autographs and just people were so happy and excited to just see him. And he always made sure he gave time to the people who signed their autograph, take pictures. Cause he always told me, um, you know, growing up, he never had that opportunity to see some of his heroes. And, you know, he would hope that if he was able to see them, it would, you know, give him the time and a day of just making their day happy. So, that, that was always on his mind. And he just wanted to make somebody's day. So when I was growing up, I started realizing, oh, he is special. Like, he's in the NBA, he's there. Like, I'm watching him play. And that's when I start, you know what? Let me take advantage of this opportunity. Of <laughs> uh, This is the sport that I love. This is the sport I want to play, and I want to be like that. That's, that's my hero. That's my idol. And I just took advantage of after an NBA player in my house, Yeah, who was always around me, and just had that special bond with him.
0: At any time, were you? And it would be understandable if you were. Were you kind of angry that you had to share him? You know what I'm saying? Did did, um, did was there ever a time? Yeah, I left know. Left? I know what you're saying. Mm-hmm. Um, not really.
1: I just felt it just you know cool that when my dad was, you know, at my games or whatever, people would, you know, go around him and ask for autographs and stuff. And, like I said, I told him I wanted to be the best patient, so that kind of actually helped me. Like, you know what? Even though he's at my game, they gotta be like, oh, nah, Antoine, Antoine, Antoine. And then, oh, there goes his dad. So, he stopped laughing. Uh, It was... But, God, it might have been in Niagara when I was, like, leading the nation and scoring. He was like, "Dang, hey, you have more uh, people asking you for autographs than me. <laughs> he was like, yeah, that's a good thing, though. He was like, that means you actually, you know, make their name for yourself. Um, so that kind of made me feel good. But i never mind his, you know, that was him. That was all I knew. I grew up with NBA player, and I thought that was just normal, sad, and I'll have people around him and have that attention but that really bothered me and he knew how to handle it uh, he was so focused with my games that everybody knew mm-hmm. he could mm-hmm. say hello or take pictures with him before after the game but during the game just let him focus on the game uh, you know he would just tell people I'll sign it after or, 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 or whatever I'm just focused on the game right here for my son so it was things like that and then we go out to eat uh, me and my parents the uh, outside or took but you know people respected when we were eating or uh, anywhere and afterwards you would just give a fair their
0: moment. Anton, what was it like when he was traded? How different was it uh for you to know that you're not seeing him at the garden now?
1: Um it was it was different. It was uh, it was very different because my mom, she made the decision of not wanting me to move around so much. So I stayed in New York, uh, me and my mom stayed in New York. And then, you know, when he went, uh, got traded to Charlotte, we would take trips all the time to him, especially during holidays, we were always there. But it was different. An aspect that I didn't get to see him every day, but I thought from every aspect he would call uh, in the morning. when know, went to school, he would call afterwards, and then at night he would call. So you know, we stayed in touch like that. But it was it was different because I didn't get to see him every single day. Mm-hmm. But then during the holidays or during the weekend, but I didn't have anything. He had games there. Flyers out, so it, it was something I got used to, but I was upset not seeing him in New York in the garden. It was different, but I, I actually enjoyed every location he went to. I, you know, got to experience every location and just enjoying his, his take journey
0: What about him? Either a message or a saying or something he or some a moment you shared is something that has lasted with you now that he's gone.
1: Um, I mean, I have a lot of moments, but it's probably one that really sticks out to me is because um, he passed away 2015. And when I was in Auburn, I was the first game, I had an ankle injury. It was out for a while, and I was just frustrated, and I had to get myself back in shape. And I came back, and I was playing, and I had a game that he came to, and he was just there for the whole uh, week, and we spent time together. And after practice, we usually work out, Afterwards, and he this time he had a manager rebound for me, and he was just telling me what to do. And then we sat down afterwards and just sitting there, and we're looking at the court, and he said, 2015 is going to be your hardest year. If you could get through this, you could get through anything. And you know, not knowing that, and him not knowing that he was going to pass that year, but um, that to me, throughout any bad situation, any uh, tough situation. I just think, you know, if I got past 2015, I'd get past anything. So that sticks with me. And, you know, I have a whole bunch of moments and memories and things that he has said to me that uh, I apply with my life. Um, he was one of those that people didn't give him a chance and say he's got to do it his way. And once he took advantage of that opportunity, I made it could to the mix he never looked back. So... That's also in my mind of if I get that opportunity to look at always work hard and apply
0: it to overseas. And you're doing that right now. You're doing that because you know you you're, you're undrafted. Uh, you play overseas. You still produce there. Uh, you know you have accolades in Canada and other places and you come back and you're still doing it and in a lot of ways Antoine you're kind of following your father's path right you you still have that yeah. opportunity to make a name for yourself and still get into the nba and still or if it's not the nba you're still you you still continue to play basketball and the best part about this is even if you don't Go on to play in the NBA. You have other things that you can do with the rest of your life, with finance and with the adult education. You know the finance minor you had, and obviously the the masters in adult education. Uh, you know you have options, so you you're living your best life right now. And I think um, you know the future is bright for you, and and that's the best part of all this. It's it's the journey we travel and what we learn about on that road. Just to make sure that we understand that the journey never ends; it always continues.
1: Mm -hmm. I appreciate that, and yeah, the journey it it never ends. Like in my mind, as such a competitor, I believe I could play in the NBA. I know I could play in the NBA. I played against professionals that go in the NBA and compete with them, and sometimes play better than them. So. In my mind, like I said, like my dad said, once you get the opportunity, you have to look back. And that this summer was it was huge for me because I played in Spain. Um, I played, you know, I played well, but not to my standards that I wanted. And I was kind of just angry. I actually lost my best friend during the pandemic during that mm-hmm. time I was in Spain, and that really kind of messed me up because when I got back from Canada in the start of the, the pandemic. Me and him, his name is Antoine, too. Uh, wow. God rest his soul. His name is Antoine, too, and we used to just work out every single day. If you saw me, we saw him, and we talked every single day. And, and when I was in Spain, I got the bad news that he passed away, and that kind of really threw me off. Mm-hmm. So I was away, away from my family, away from my friends. And I didn't have the season that I wanted, so when I got home, I really just applied everything that I learned from that season. That you know what I'm working on. I called I called it this summer no band aids. Like I'm not putting a band aid on my game. Everything I need to work on, I'm gonna get it done. So that's all I've been doing, and just taking advantage of every opportunity I have, and that's. But I plan on doing when I get uh, any opportunity.
0: Just remember, Antoine, and I know your dad mentioned this too, is that, and also for our audience, what you learn in the tough times make you stronger and help you reach where you got to go. And sometimes we go through those times and it's hard, it's not easy, but you look back at that and it says a lot about you that you were able to acknowledge what happened. And now that's the next step that puts you through having an unbelievable tournament for Hoops in the Sun. And it will propel you because we know there's all different scouts. And we got, you know, open tryouts are coming up in a couple of weeks. So, you know, have your yep. game ready because somebody saw you and you never know when you're going to get that phone call.
1: Exactly. Um, every single day I'm <laughs> I'm on the court working out and after that and I'm on the court again. So uh, you know, I, like for me I like you said, it's part of the journey and this summer I saw a growth to my game and I, I was happy with it. I'm never satisfied, I'm always wanting to get better. So from there just a building block and you know, I'm just just getting better and better and better and that's that's always on my mind. And okay, I had a great day or I had a good day. Can I make a great life? I had a great day.
0: Can I get perfect? So
1: that's just how I was raised. That's how my parents raised.
0: Well, Antoine, listen, thanks for a couple of minutes. Best of luck in your future, and we'll be talking again uh, when you hit the NBA because I think that's coming.
1: Thank you. So you continue thank you. success. Yes. With regards the to your family. Thank you so much.
0: That wraps up this edition of New York Sports and Beyond on 98.7 ESPN. We thank you for listening. We'll join you this evening during the week on ESPN New York tonight with Gordon Damer and right back here next Sunday morning on New York Sports and Beyond. For my all-world producer, the legendary Ray Primetime Santiago, and the coach, Anthony Poussick, I'm Larry Hardesty. Remember, later this morning, get your football Sunday started. Anita Marks, Matthias Kiwanuka, the Super Bowl champion, and general manager Mike Tannenbaum. It's a New York Sunday right here on 98.7 ESPN.